Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail. I'm Paul Whiteside and I'm joined by the other Paul, the two Pauls, me and Paul Parkin. Rob's just uh, holding a baby for a bit, so he'll be back in shortly, so his chair's empty at the moment. How are you doing, Paul? You okay, mate? Yeah, very good, pal. Very good, yeah. A bit, uh, a little bit rough over the weekend, unfortunately, but uh, the uh, the game certainly cheered me up, so uh, that, that was something. And then, you know, we're nearly back to it again, aren't we? So, it's uh, yeah, it feels like quite a short week, really. Um, yeah, I'm... Feeling quite good. The sun's out. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed the weather can, can hold for us. Well, I'll ask you how your week's been because Rob always says that. So, how have you been getting on? Have you had a good week so far? Yeah, like I say, yeah, it's been quite um, yeah, quite active, really. Quite a lot going on. A few bits, uh, you know, a builder's round and, um, yeah, been out for a day. And, yeah, no, it's been, it's been, it's been a nice week, actually. I'm quite, quite more, a little bit more active than usual. Um, but, like I say, I was ill Sunday. Really ill. Um, I felt I felt really bad, but like I say watching the game certainly uh, certainly cheered me up a bit, and it's it's put me on a, a high for this week because I think I, as we'll discuss this this week, but it, the club as well, it's it's just been just been a great week I think to be a Salford fan in many ways, despite the first team getting beat. Yeah, so I've had a, I've had a good week. How's yours been? Yeah, all right, mate. It's the same, same old, same old for me. Really, rugby and work at the moment, and uh, my miss isn't so well at the moment. So I, I've just realised how much she actually does because I'm shattered. I've not had like tea for the last couple of nights. I've been taking a dog out, sorting the kids out, and you think, God, it's never ending. And I moan sometimes. I come home from work. I've been at work all day, but I'm thinking I'd rather be at work than yeah. doing all the stuff she does. Yeah. So I'm hoping she's better soon because it's doing me head in now. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, I'm doing all right. So should we see, see what's on the show before yeah. uh, before Rob comes back in? So anyway, I think we've got uh, a preview, a review, sorry, of the Wigan game. We've got a review of the women's game because they had a great win against uh, against Warrington. We'll be previewing the St. Helens game on, on Friday. We've got the uh, the amateur report and life outside rugby league uh, chat as well that I've, I've done for years and I think I think that's going to be about it really mate so should we start off with the uh, the review of the cup uh, the cup game the league game against Wigan happily happily let's do it you're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your big match review yeah well it was a it was a good game decent day um, before the game I don't know if you remember the band uh, Star Sailor from the 90s, well, their uh, lead singer was on the pitch playing some uh, tunes before the game, and the, that, that was quite a, quite an event. There wasn't many people in there who I don't think recognised him, but I certainly did, and I enjoyed that in the in the, in the warm-up. So uh, that was a good start to the day. And uh, Channel 4, they did some good coverage of it as well, didn't they? So, uh, so yeah, but we didn't get the, the sort of the best start to the game, but, uh, but we came back into it, didn't we, Paul? Yeah, we did. I didn't realise it was the guy from Star Sailor, by the way. I could hear it. He was pretty loud, but um, I think he was probably echoing around the stadium, to be honest with you. There didn't look like that many there. Um, no, the, the game itself, I, I uh, before the game, and I said last week I was worried. I thought, you know, our performances of late had been been pretty poor. I was, in, I was a little bit negative. Uh, I thought Wigan were, were flying at home. They're, they're an unbelievable side. They, they, you know, they, they, rarely, they rarely get beat, rarely struggle at home, do they? Um but full credit to, to the guys. I mean, we, we did get off to a, a slow start. Um, and at, at that point, straight away, I was, you know, I was speaking to my brother at the time and I just thought this could be a long afternoon. I just don't think we... we I don't know. I just I, After everything that I'd said the week before, sorry, my dog's just absolutely gone mad. Um, 
after the week before, I just thought, there's no, there's no way we're getting anything out of this. Sorry. He's mad. Um, but yeah, no, the, the guys really they stuck at it. And after the first sort of, you know, even the first five minutes, you could see there was something there in us. I think we had a bit of life in us. Um, uh, their, their first try, well, their first two tries, I will say, I thought we were a bit lazy in defence. A couple of bad reads. Let them through, and it looked easy when they scored. And you know what I mean? It looked like there was just huge gaps, and and that was that that was a bit of a worry. But we stuck in there. We we scored a. We, I mean, obviously King piled over for it for his try, but that second try we scored with uh, with Matty Costello was absolutely fantastic. If Saints had scored that, you know the the commentary team would have been going through the roof about it. So that first, you know, that first half it swung both ways, and I thought at half time I thought we were probably. A little bit unlucky to be in the position we were in. Um, I thought, but you could see that there was more about us this week. I don't know what it was. There was just something there. And at half time, yeah, I thought if Wigan came out and scored first, we were going to be in trouble. Um, but, you know, the boys obviously come out and, and, and really give them a good go over. Like you said there, that first Wigan try, I thought that Jai feel that I couldn't believe how quick he was. I've seen him on the television this season, but he just seemed to have. I forgot there, and he was through it. The amount of pace he's got is absolutely frightening. But yeah, like you said, we got back into the game 12 apiece, and I thought we were looking the better side, but a bit of a clock off before half-time, Farrell went over, and then I think it was Smith. For me, it was it was poor defence, especially the Smith try, he bumped off Atkin, and, and I, I thought it was a bit of an injustice, really, going in 24-12, because I thought we'd had a, a real good share in the first half, but like you say, we had to score first in that, that, that second half, and, and we did. It was a croft kick, Riley left it and, and Gerard went over. I, I'm pretty sure that's his first try for Salford, that, and he was absolutely delighted getting it. It, it probably is. You, you know that that passage of play there. Um, it was great, by the way, to see to see Brody controlling the game in the manner that he did. He's shown the, the quality that we know he's got. You know, we spoke before the season that we're bringing over a, an NRL Grand Final winner. You know, you don't play half back at Melbourne if you, if you haven't got anything about you. And he he, he was he was outstanding the other day. But that, that kick, the, the way that Brayley and uh, Gerard sort of, I don't know, it's telepathy. Yeah. You know, I've got this covered. Because usually, you've seen it in the past, we've all seen it, the wrong player picks it up or he knocks on or he's been offside or something. Uh, and Brayley did really well to actually stay out of it really well. Because, I mean, he could have put his foot on the dead ball line as he caught the ball or anything. But Alex Gerard following up, you know, he's a big lad and he gets through a ton of work. He really does. I'm, I'm really liking what I've seen from him. I think he's been a, a, an astute signing for us. Um, but that was just a, a little bit of brilliance again. Individual class from, from Croft. And we, I don't know, we just, we seem to, to take control at that point. I think we, we're not wigging a little bit. I'm going to keep that going. No, um, don't, worry, don't worry about it. I've got one Oh. Yeah, just going back to Croft, it, it was a different half-back partnership, wasn't it? You know, with Mark Sneed not playing. Well, Brody Croft seemed to play a different game, didn't he? He seemed a lot more confident. He seemed to have the ball in his hands a lot more. He's poking his nose through. He looked dangerous, and you could tell Wigan were a bit hesitant with him, weren't they? They, they didn't quite know what to expect. And I'm not saying he bossed the show, but I thought his partnership with Ryan Briley worked really well. And just going back into that second half, I don't, I don't like moaning at referees and, and, and slagging up. But I thought a lot of 50-50 calls seem to go against us. I think Brodie Croft got caught late after the kick. We didn't get a penalty for that, and it was play on. And I know we got an interception try from Seal, but after that interception try, it levelled the, the game. 
Um, there was a massive call I thought. I think it was Croft and, and Williams put Briley through. Forward pass was given for that. And I think it was Liam Farrell who played at the ball on the last tackle. Mm. And the referee gave a turn or, or you know, Wigan, Wigan ball. So there was a few decisions there when it was sort of level pegging where we could have got a foothold and we just couldn't quite get that get our noses in front. Yeah, I, I thought on them calls, I thought a couple of them were correct. I do think, that we, I think there was a forward pass there. I think only slightly, but if it had gone the other way, if it had been against us, I'd have called for it. So I, I, the referee, I don't think he had a terrible game, to be honest. I thought, normally we end up bagging a referee or saying something. He, he made a few bad calls, but overall, I think he, he controlled the game pretty well. Um, but that Farrell one where Croft has kicked the ball, Farrell's definitely made a play for it. He definitely made a play, and and it should have been back to one. I know Brody, he was lucky, really, in a way, because he, he he kind of had a go at the ref, and other referees might have took a bit of action against him there. So, he, you know, he just needs to calm down. But them, them sort of them 50-50s, we don't seem to get them anyway. But we, we'd made our own look. We'd, put, we'd pushed Wigan into a corner in a place where they didn't want to be. I think we'd really surprised them. Especially when you looked at the line, I think we were missing something like nine play- regulars that you would or players that you consider should be in that team. Uh, and I know that Channel Four, were, were, I do like their commentary team, but they mentioned Wigan's two or three players they were missing. I mean, it's water off the duck's back to a club like Wigan. Their, their academy will cover that, no problem. So, what? Just watching us through that game, we grew, we really did. And, and like you say, with Brody there taking control without Mark Sneed being there and having a different partner. I think he just thought, this is my chance to shine. You know, and he really, he, he ran him ragged. He was he was tremendous with balling and, and defensively as well because, again, they targeted our half-backs. They ran at Atkin quite a lot and, and, and definitely Brody Croft. Um, but I think, I remember when um, Kenny Seo intercepted and I scored and I, I actually thought to myself, we're going to do this today. It's one of them days where that, that kind of thing has happened. Times in the past, he might have gone for that ball and knocked on or, or the ball's gone over the top of him straight to their player. And, and then as the game went on, they started dropping the ball near our line, forcing it. At one point, they had like a four-on-one overlap uh, and, and, and they threw the ball out and he just dropped it cold. And it was... It, I just thought, this is it. We, we've got these. They, they're a bit rattled and we, you know, we, we look confident and we're throwing the ball about just getting abandoned, really. Um, some of the best rugby I've seen for a long time, the way we moved it. Um, and it was a few real real key individual performances as well, players that really stood up. Um, I mean, Watkins again. Callum Watkins was, was out of this world. Uh, back row, second game back. First game actually starting in, in, what, a year, basically. You wouldn't have known it. He looked like the Callum Watkins of international fame five years ago. When he was, you know, his pomp at Leeds, and hopefully, if he's getting back to that kind of level, it's like a new signing for us because he was, he was unbelievable. We mentioned Alec Gerrard and and Brody Croft, superb performances, um, and I think our pack stood up really well, considering the players we had missing, and and, and Wigan's pack is is synonymous, just big and strong and aggressive, isn't it? And we we yeah. held it in the middle, uh, and it, it's a bit of magic from Jai Field and. We had run from Bevan French that caused us problems. Other than that, I think we controlled them really, really well. And, it, you know, it's it, it sad the way it ended in a way. Um, with, with Morgan trying that drop goal from that distance, probably not the best the best idea. But maybe 
with a little bit more, I don't know, experience in, in the half-back around there, we might have tried something else, perhaps, I don't know. But to land in Jai Field's hands, he, you know, he just looked up and seen a gap. And once he's through, I don't think anybody in Super League was going to stop him. Um, heartbreaking, but at the same point, I was so proud of him. I, did, I don't take it as a negative in, in any way. I think that we can only look at positives from that. And, and hopefully it can be a, a building block. We had a really tough period. We've got a big game this week against another tough side. But get through this. Play like that with a few bodies back. We're a dangerous team. Yeah, certainly. And I was going to mention that, Paul, about the 4-1 to one overlap. I mean, you stole my thunder, really. I'll just echo what you said. When I think there was another knock-on from French, but that 4-1 to one overlap, I, I remember saying to my dad, I think it's going to be our day. Because things like that happen in games. Remember the win at Edinburgh, um, the first win at Edinburgh in 2009. I think we got an interception try that day, and it's one of those get leads drop loads of ball, and it takes that sometimes to get that win. And a four to one, then it was easier to score, wasn't it? And, but there was another massive turning point in the games. I think Brody Croft went for a drop goal, didn't he? And it was mm-hmm. frantic stuff. Games on a knife edge. The ball landed in Gerard's hands. <laughs> Somehow Wigan got the ball back and, and, the, and the danger was gone. And I mean, they came flying at us then with 10 minutes to go. I think our defence, apart from the Brody, uh, uh, sorry, the, the Jai Field at the end, I think our defence in that sort of last 20 minutes, it was absolutely outstanding, the, the goal line defence. And as you say, Morgan Escudé goes for a, a, a dropout. Probably not the wisest move because he was a bit far out there. But, you know, you try these things, don't you? Gareth O'Brien tried it against OKR and he's a genius. So sometimes when it's level like that, you've got to try stuff because it would have gone to golden point extra time anyway and then it would have been would have been that. So I think, you know, Jai Field, as we mentioned before, I mean, he's so quick running at a tired defence. I think Briley had got a bit of a knock as well. He'd done his ribs in. So I think we can be proud of that effort. I think it gave everybody a boost, that, 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 that result. You know, people were disappointed we'd lost the game. But I think nobody expected that in the first place did they really so it was a bit of a moral victory for us if you like I think yeah going back to what you said about the defence as well it was heroic at times mm-hmm. you know proper bodies on the line these lads have just played this is the third game in you know what 11 days not even that probably I can't no 8 days it'll have been more than I don't know but they were they, they just kept going right to the last minute and it took that last minute I mean the second half we're going at half time 24-12 down and, and you do kind of fear the worst after, especially after the period we've been through and the, and we stuck at it and we really threatened them and, and they, they were worried for a period there um, but realistically except you know we, we kept them scoreless for, for what 39 minutes in that second half no, nobody does that Wigan nobody does that we, we, we outplayed them we outscored them in the second half you know we, we just looked we looked a really really good side uh, and it was great to see, you know, the, the, the commentary team after the game and the, things on, on social media, you know, on Twitter and places like that from, from fans of other clubs who were, you know, they were, they were drawn into the game. It was, it was fascinating. It could have gone either way. You know, before the game, I, I'll admit, and, you know, I dare say most people who tuned into to Channel 4 and those in the ground thought that it was a, a foregone conclusion that Wigan were going to, you know, going to probably take us apart, really. And you look at, like I said before, you look to that team and I, I think I counted nine players, something like that, injured. No matter what goes on during that game as well. And, and you're thinking, we've got, we've got no chance. We can't, you know, we're bringing lads in. You know, Batty Costello coming back from Newcastle, joining the team again. You know, he's, he's going straight in the team. You're thinking, this is a guy that, you know, obviously we, th- we think needs to improve and he's out at Newcastle. And now he's going to play away at Wigan. 
And again, he had an outstanding game. And I think overall, we, we've come out of it with great credit. And uh, and it's got to be a boost to, to the confidence to the players and the coaching staff that, that we were able to compete with Wigan for that, for that you know, like 39 minutes. Um, and, and I don't see a reason why we should stop. It's a style of play. Remember we said last week, uh, I, I said that Paul Rowley said, we knew we need, we need to play a different way. We haven't got a pack big enough at the start of the season. He said that we need to learn to play a different way. And I said, well, where is it? Well, there it was. He answered my question straight away because that we threw the ball about there. And it wasn't just aimless, though. It was, it, you know, it worked out. You could see the moves were on. And, um, and I don't know whether Mark Sneed not being there trying to control it made a difference. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not banging Sneedy for it. But with Croft playing a different role, and Chris Atkins, he's a, he's a quicker player, isn't he? You've seen it when he's come on at acting half. He, he changes games up. He speeds it up a little bit. Um, whether that had a, you know, a, an effect on that, or whether it's just something that we've been trying for, for a while, but not all that, not all them to the ball, you know, not had a chance to set platforms. Um, and you don't know, like you say, when Alex Gerrard got that ball from that kick, anything could have happened. We'd have scored then. I think we'd have gone and won that game. I really do, because we were well on top. I think looking back at the game, I think we deserve something out of it. I think perhaps a draw would have been a fair result, but. You know, just looking at the at the stats as as Rob likes to do. I'm not a big stats man myself, but we'll we'll go through them. The top tacklers were Gerard with 40, Watkins with 35, Akers with 44, King Bunyaya with 32, and Danny Addy with 28. If we go on to the meter makers, Seal's got 183, but Watkins 138 and 35 tackles. I mean, the lad's never <clears> really played at the second row. He's been out injured for such a long time. He's played a bit last week. He's come back in to a big game like that, and he just looked like an international second role. We've just signed from the NRL and he's jumped straight into the team. He just looked quality. And if he's going to get better and better, and you've got, like you said, the injuries we've got, quite a lot of them have been out long-term. You've got Harvey Levet there, he's going to slot in as well. So we can get some of these guys back. You know, what? What? You know, surely we can do that. What we could do with now is some players coming back from injury and a couple of home games. But what do we get? We get St. Helens away and they brought all their first team back. So it doesn't get any easier, Paul, does it? No, I think, I mean, just going on Callum Watkins there, I, every time he got the ball, he looked a threat. He, he looked, the strength of him, he's got pace, you know, but he's got a brain, he's got a rugby league brain, he knows he knows the game, he's a clever player as well. And he, playing in the back row, running at them players, he's, he's going to cause problems for people because he's a big he's a big lad, you don't realise how big he is um, until, you know, you, you sort of stood near him. Um, the other day he was just, he kept getting his hand free and you're thinking, oh, just get on his shoulder. And, and with, you know, players back in that team, playing off somebody like that, that'll make a massive difference for us. And, I, I, you know, we're right to, to single him out, I think, because, like you mentioned there, his metres going forward were tremendous, but also sticking in 30-odd tackles. For a man who, if you're playing in the centre, you're not doing that many, generally. So it's, it's a big impact on his body after, you know, the time out and everything. And, and when you look at, you know, the, the players like, you know, Tim Lafayette, who's been excellent at making metres for us this year and making breaks, and Cal Watkins in that team as well. That's that, that sets me up really well. I think if we can get these players back in the team, I'm really confident that we, we can achieve what we, we wanted to achieve. We've just been so unlucky. You know, I mean, it, the likes of uh, Greenwood being out and, and Lannan being out in the, in the back row, Harvey Levette being long-term. He seems to be all concentrating in the same positions and and then even in the centres then, because we've had no Cal Watkins for most of the time, we 
Tim Laffey's out, Dan Sargentson's out. Your centres are decimated. So we're putting players in it, and it, they, they've done really well. Dion Cross again the other day played played really well. Looks like a threat. So you know you're losing so many players, and yet performing at that level. Uh, I'm I'm really confident that we get a couple back in the next few weeks. I know we've got we get time to rest a little bit now, don't we? As well after this, we've got the cup games. Yeah. We're not involved, and I think there's an international coming up at some point yeah. where yeah. quite a lot of the lads will get another another rest, and it'll give us another week to to get players back. And if we can get them back in time for the back end of this season or the second half of the season, you know we still we've still got a great chance of moving up that table because teams teams will go through what we've been through. They'll they'll get injuries. They'll they'll find that. You know, it's not as rosy. I don't care. I've lost a couple now, a couple of players, even though they're on a great run. Wakefield are obviously in a bit of a rut after beating us. And then since then, I don't think they won a game. Um, it, every team will go through that. And we, mm. we're getting through it now. And if we can get them back, we'll be a, we'll be a threat towards the back end of the season. I, playing like that, um, we just, we've got to stick to that and, and build from it. I think another thing as well, Paul, we, we, we're going to have a lot of home games, aren't we, at the back end of the season. If you look at the moment after this this Friday, you'll have played Wigan away, St. Helens away, Castleford away, Hull away, uh, Warrington away. There's some big sides then away from home. So you've got, obviously, still got little leads and places like that, but there's going to be a lot of home games coming up. So, you know, you, you can start to, to to build that run. So uh, that, could, that could be us, you know, get on a roll at the back end of the season at the right time and hopefully push for that playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, massive games. I mean, we played Huddersfield as well, away as well, haven't we? But yeah, that's right. Yeah, Wakefield have got to come to to us yet. Um, we yeah, we've got to go away to Toulouse, which is going to be a massive task. But it's a game that we've got to identify as as winnable. You know, we've got there are plenty of games left in this season for us yet. And like you've just said there, I mean, I I, I feel so sorry for Parking and and Bleasy and everybody else at the club because it doesn't matter what you do. You know, you can't. You're not bringing any revenue in. You know, they know what we need, where where we need to strengthen, what we need to do. But we've had what four, five, four home games this year or something. Two against yeah. two teams who brought absolutely no fans, and we we're stuck with injuries. It's just been. I mean, I even look this week, and you know, I know we'll talk about it later. But with, with Saints this week, I, I can't understand why they, why they dropped all the players last week. Um. To bring them back this week to play a semi-final the week after, you think they'd leave them out this week, and yet they brought they're bringing everybody back for us. I don't know. Is there a conspiracy? Is there something? I don't know. And I think I, it, that that could have something to do with the fact that they've won 38 consecutive home games against us, and the, the run now is over 42 years. So the chairman might have said, "We don't want Salford beating us and ending that that 42 year run." Because it did seem strange to me, to me that, but perhaps it was because. They played the two Easter games and they wanted to give them that third game after Easter's, the, the big one where they could have picked injuries, but it possibly could have been that. Because I was thinking to myself, if they rest players again against us, you know, for two weeks running, you're going into a semi-final then. A bit rusty, really. You've not played for for, for a few weeks. So you want to be battled that, and to, particularly for Wigan. That's going to be one hell of a game. I mean, if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd back St. Helens all day long because mm. I think there's flaws in that in that Wigan team. But um, it should be two cracking uh, cracking semi-finals. But should we have a look at the uh, three-word match reports, mate? Yeah. There's, there's, there's absolutely loads of them. I'm just trying to vet them then when you were talking to make sure there's no swear words. So <laughs> I've not seen any. So if I get caught out now by some somebody, well, uh, I'll be in trouble after Rob. Arthur Bollard said, great effort, unrewarded. Man of the match was Croft. You said, Paul, done as proud, man of the match, Andy Ackers. 
Louise Woodward Style said Brody was brilliant today also. Uh, Royster 316 said, didn't Bevan Prench score a similar try against us last year or am I mistaken? I'm sure that's more than three words, that night. But <laughs> he's not come up with a man of the match. I'm not sure that he scored a similar try last year against us, Bevan Prench. Um, can't remember now. It was... I thought it was close. I don't know. No. It was a one-point uh, game against. It was at home, wasn't it? it was yeah. Nation's drop goal, wasn't it? So yeah. they meant at, at their ground. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, we'll have to uh, have a think about that. One a year's a long time in my life and yours. <laughs> uh, Eric Rawson said much improved display. His man of match was Brody Croft. James Oskison says very big improvement. Ackers, Matt Carr, effort, endeavour, excellence. Ackers, very good that Matt. Uh, Clark, he said fantastic performance. Boys, man of the match was Croft. Christopher Sloan played the percentages, man of the match, Croft. Ricky P, impressed on television, man of the match, Croft. John Waite, good for neutrals, man of the match, Croft. There's a bit of a, a theme. Are you, are you totting all these up, Paul, or what? Because Brody Cross getting a few here. Uh, Stuart Smart, huge improvement, man of the match, Ackers and Gerard. Adam Wilde, effort for days, man of the match, Watkins. Royster, 316, he's already done one him. Uh, thought he had a belt at second row. Presumably means Callum Watkins. Uh, great second half, King V. That's Phil Rogers. Natalie Taylor, great team performance, man of the match, Croft. Paul Hume, a determined effort, man of the match, Watkins. Richard Morton, much improved effort, Croft. Um, who's this one? Harvey, 99-08. Uh, heartbreaking end, man of the match, Croft. I'd agree with that. It, it was a heartbreaking end. We've had a few of them, though, haven't we, against sort of, so Wigan and St. Helens. If you think back to the, the Matty Smith drop goal a few years ago, it's cruel on the supporters as well as the players because you go to some of these grounds and we very, very rarely win at those grounds. Mm. And yet sometimes we put in some fantastic displays. And rugby league, I said it in match sports, it can be a cruel game, can't it? You can put 100% effort in and yet come away with nothing. Yeah, I think, I mean, like I say, I thought at the end of the game, people were saying, oh, gutty, this, that and the other. I understand, obviously, we're gutty, we, we, we didn't win the game, but I couldn't be upset with it. I couldn't feel bad about it. There was nothing. It, it, I was very positive after the game. I was, I was up, and you don't, you're not usually like that after the defeat. Hey, you know, usually saying yeah or, or, or whatever. Where did it go wrong? It went wrong on one incident at the end of the game, and that was it. You know, that was the difference, and that's what you sign these key players for. These big players. That's why we're going to have got the big money, big players. You know, we we unfortunately are not at that level. You know, we, we I'm sure Paul Rowley would be the first to admit it. We've got really good players, big arts, lots of skill, good players, but some teams just have an X factor, and that's what wins your games, and that's what gets you to grand finals. And um, but like you said about Saints, the, the the you know the Matty Smith game, and there was a game at Saint Helens the other year where on Sky where we got, I think we probably got cheated out of the game to be fair, but we do get close at these places sometimes. And you think, oh, all that effort, but. At the same point, you've got to look at the, the opposition and think, yeah. we, we've done ourselves proud there. Um, so, yeah, as, as much as everybody was disappointed that we didn't get the points, before the game, I didn't expect any. But as the game went on, I thought we could do this. And in the end, just one bit of magic from one key player. And, and that's the difference. And that, that's what you're going to find. If we played like that every week, we'd win a lot more than we'd lose. That's all you can ask, Paul. I think that's what the supporters are looking for, in particular, as you mentioned before, them two home games coming up. We can play like that. We're going to get some points. Carrying on with these match reports, oh. there's another one here from OSF. I don't think I've read him out yet. Massive, massive improvement, man of match. Croft, 
Mark said a fantastic effort, Croft. David Deakin, so very close, man of the match, Croft, just. Mm, so he must have been uh, had a few in mind. I think he could have picked a few there. Steve Bennett, great team effort, man of the match, Croft. Kenny, odd, inspiring commitment, unlucky. KDL, so Brody Croft, seven, all day, every day. Colin Wilson, proud of him, man of the match, Croft. Dave Parker, massive step forward, man of the match, Watkins, all day long. Ernie, fathead, nearly very red, man of the match, Croft again. Uh, Michael Sugden said nip and tuck. Uh, Chris Fisher, massive improvement today, man of the match, Croft. Mike said timing just off, Croft. I don't know, yeah, timing off, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Sean Turner, can't beat pace. Uh, Drew says stop, Jai Field. Yep, yeah, I think you're, you're right there, as we've said, he's a class player. Speg said still got beat. Yeah, we still got beat, but I think, like you said, he can take a bit of art from that. Kenny Odd said not a mention of Akers. Well, a few people have mentioned Andy Akers. I thought Andy Akers did well. I thought he tackled well. Um, I thought sometimes he was a bit indecisive at the play of the ball, but, you know, he's, you can't fault his, his commitment and his, his effort. I think, he, you know, he, he puts it in every week, doesn't he? He's up there. I think he was top tackler in the match, 44 tackles. But for me, I think Brodie Croft, he stood out, didn't he? I'd, I've not watched it back on the television yet, but I'm pretty sure they would have mentioned him on the television because he did stand out. He gave Wigan problems all day long. They struggled to deal with him. And they had a quality defensive side as well. I think Barring St. Ellens, they've, they've got the best defence in the Super League, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I think... He, I, I actually, I went with Akers. Um, mainly off that, I think the first the first half, he was the one that really stood out for me for Salford. He, he made things happen from acting half. He was dangerous. He made good runs. He, you know, he, he was following everything up. Uh, I think Brody drew into the game in the second half. He was, you know, he was excellent. Brody Crofty. He, he, he tore him apart at times. But um, again, surprised it probably wasn't more for for Watkins because his all round game was just unbelievable. Um, but you could you could pick many, and you know, these, these players out there who who don't get mentions who are doing. Lots of dirty work, you know, the stuff you don't see. Again, I'm going to mention him, and I mention him every week. Elijah Taylor. The guy, again, went through hell for us. You know, you could see he was he was, he was knackered, and then obviously he gets that that knock, and that, that you know takes him out of the game, takes him out this week. But again, the work he gets through, he's, it's unbelievable. You, it, when you watch it, if you get to, to watch it back, he covers so much ground, and yet he's like an, a forgotten man. You forget he's there. He just next minute he's cropped up in another tackle and another tackle. And he, I'm sure he, you know, if he'd have spent more time on the pitch, he'd have probably got a, a bit more credit for it. Um, but all, all, all the team really stood up, and we used the bench really well as well. I thought the, the rotation of players. We seem to be a lot fresher this week. It, I think the last few weeks we brought subs on, and we've not had an impact as as you'd like. Um, and I think this week we we did. I think we used them really well. But we looked, we just looked fresh. We looked, you know, and we looked up for it. And I, there was a spark about us. Um, so any, you know, any of the players could have got a man of the match. But from from that, you know, reading it, what, the names that have come out, obviously Croft, uh, Ackers and Watkins were the, the three that really stood out for us. Um, but full credit to the full the full team because they, they deserved it. And, and Paul Roller for his tactics. Because, you know, we, we like, like I said so many times, we give them so many problems. That I don't think they were expecting. They played us a few weeks ago in the cup, nailed us. We didn't even look like scoring, did we? We could have played till, you know, for another week and want to crash over. This week, every time we got the ball, we looked dangerous. We looked like we were causing threats, especially out wide. We, we sort of, we didn't take them on up the middle as much. 
And we took on their three quarters, and that's a that's a decent three quarter line we've got. We just we moved the ball about, we we, we moved them across the pitch, and I think that's what you've got to do with with Wigan. We've got such a big pack that if you if you run them, you know they, they're gonna they're gonna wear out. And uh, I think we did that to a few, and we kept some of their big their bigger you know props a little bit quieter because I think we tired them out a bit. But uh, all round, what just tremendous effort from from everyone one to seventeen and. Uh, like you say, a lot to build on from that now. But it's going to be a tough. Um, it's going to be tough this week as well with the, with the players that we've lost. We mentioned before, didn't we? The fact that we've we've got a lot of people on the sideline. Paul Rowley in, in the interview was mentioned about Arthur Salary Cap being on the bench. This week we're going to be missing Ryan Briley. He looked in a real bad way when I saw him walking out after the match, holding his ribs. You know, we had to get the door for him and the steward to to get him out of the ground. He could hardly move. So. I don't know whether he's broken them or bruised them or whatever, but he looked in a, he's going to be out for a few weeks anyway. Elijah Taylor is going to have to be out for eleven days through the protocol for the, the head assessment, so it's going to be it's going to be tough going there. So uh, so Rob's back with us now. Rob, I was just going to throw over to the uh, for the interview with Paul Roller, but have you got anything to add on the Wigan game just while we wrap it up? Or yeah, worked hard, didn't they? Um, obviously, last minute Wigan try breaks hearts, but we were in the contest, so you have got to take positives out of that. Work that we were, you know, competing and, you know, it was a it was a really 50-50 kind of game. But unfortunately, like you say, Jay, JR feels, you know, showing the class. And unfortunately, you got to get back up. you got to get back off the, up off the canvas, haven't you, and, uh, and go again. Because obviously, these last kind of uh, four games have all been tough. So, they don't get any tougher than Saints uh, on Friday, do they? No, no, they certainly don't. I'll let, I'll let you answer that one, Paul. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you've got to play them at some point. Hmm. Like, before and, and Rob, you'll, you'll you'll probably laugh, but you know, is there a conspiracy? I don't know. Someone's put the boot in there, haven't they? Given us Warrington, well, Wigan, Warrington, Catalan Saints in, in a row. Yeah. We've had been like, but that's the away. You know, we're not getting. We've only got one of them at home. It, it, this does seem at this time of the season. That's a that's a rough patch to go through, um, and and we certainly don't deserve it. And with the bodies we've got missing. Yeah, that's that's a real struggle for us. But um, like I said, we get some bodies back towards the back end of the season. Quite a few home games that it can turn around for us. But uh, like, yeah, we, we've got to play everybody at some point. Uh, I went, you know, we went to Wigan, and as I said, I, I didn't expect us to get anything. Um, I came, I'm, I came away like a proud dad in many ways. You know, I was absolutely buzzing by it. I didn't feel negative at all. There was no, oh, we lost in the last minute. It, you know, it took him 39 minutes in that second half to get over the line. That's that's a lot against Wigan. Um, and this week, Saints, ne- never going to get any easier. Like we say, they'll, they'll be fresh and ready, but a couple of players will be playing for places in semi-finals. We've got a goal there and just, we put that same effort in. It doesn't matter to me in, in many ways what, what the scoreline is going to be. Nobody in rugby league's given us a chance to go to Saints and win. So, you know, let's just... Let's go there with that same attitude we went with. I know we've lost to another couple of bodies, but let's just challenge them and then build off that. And then the weeks to come, we get a few players back, a few home games against teams we can beat. It's a different season for us. So, Paul, have we spoke to Paul Rowley yet? No, we haven't. Should we speak to Paul Rowley? Yeah, I think we'll speak to him now. Coach's Corner. 
Right, Bob always joins me. Real tough Easter for Salford. You must be showing me so much pride today. I mean, it's heart wrenching to get beat like that, but what an effort from your side. I'm always proud, uh, and I've said this before, I'm proud because of what they do in the week. You know, the, today's just a culmination of hard work and commitment, what they do day in, day out. So, all pre season. Um, uh, proud in defeat, yeah, I, I'll take that, but you're never happy. Uh, never happy in defeat because that's not what we're about. Quite a few 50-50 calls went against you today, I thought. Anyway, I yeah. want you to talk about them as a forward <laughs> pass, I think, in that second half. They must do it, you know, as a, as a coach. Yeah, the, the players, yeah. I think they deserve some The game. restart of this was when Farrell's, when Farrell's, you know, clearly blocked a kick. We don't get it. Second set on the line. I'm pretty confident there because we've been good with the ball. So that's that's it, was that one. But, uh, yeah, if we get that, if the other goes, it'd be interesting to see what happened if, if we get that call. So I'm not sure about that. I mean, like you were saying in the press conference, a lot of your salary caps in the stand. You know, mm. Mark Sneed on there may have dropped that goal. It was a long way out from Parkinesque, yeah. wasn't it? But, you know, some, I mean, Callum Watkins, do you see him as a, as a second role or is that just selection issue? Because I think he's been doing really well in, in that position. Yeah, I, I, I muted it with Callum probably two months ago, to be fair. So it's been in his head and as he's been coming back to training. Has he, has he bulked up because he looks a bigger player? Um, no, no. He's just always a been big a big lad. lad. Anyway, you just, yeah. you, I think when uh, you've got a squad that's doing it tough and, uh, like you say, your salary cap's sat down, when you bring an international player back in the fold, that's what you see. And, and if you look at all the games, NRL, Super League, ultimately now, it's, uh, they're athletes and they're big. You know, so and and they grind you down and and make, make no errors and, and you know it's a slow death and that's how they play. I'll just feel do it Saints do it. Um, so when like I said, when you bring an international player like Callum back, he, he stands out like a sore thumb. I think massive credit today to to Ryan Briley, Brody Croft, mm. Chris Atkin as well. You had a different half back partnership, but you look so dangerous. That must you know that's exciting going forward for the supporters because you've come mm. here and, and really troubled a good Wigan side who are a good defending team. Yeah, I think uh, as you said, I think Ryan and Brody in particular were very very good. Um, you know, so uh, disappointed for them and and you know you see you see, when you see your players put so much in and and not get the rewards that uh, probably they deserve it's it's it's, uh, it's hard to take and hard to see so um yeah it's the, i won't be beating them with a stick anyway this week but uh you know we're real we're true uh we won't waver we're nowhere near cracking uh, but you know we've got a tough challenge now going to Saints with uh, a really busted team to be fair battered and bruised today there's probably going to be players who've played today we're going to yeah. be missing next week Elijah Taylor you said won't be in next yeah, week yeah he's definitely out probably Briley's out none of the others will return so uh, uh, yeah have you got any boots on yourself Paul? <laughs> yeah well I, mean, I went gym this morning but only in sauna so I don't think that qualifies me How's, how's this week going to be for the players? Will it be rest and recovery this week? Can't, You're not going to get a lot of training, are you? Can't do anything. It's uh, it's uh, it's harsh, you know, crazy really. But uh, yeah, it's it's not good. And, and and these periods can really dismantle a season. I know we saw a spectacle there, really, really good. Everybody probably really enjoyed the game, but don't make it right. So. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, we, we, we're not, we've got a good group. We won't whinge. We'll just rock up and and uh, and get on with it. But uh, you know, I promise that you'd never see lack of effort. And I don't think I don't think you've seen it yet ever from this from no. this group. It's another away game as well. So surely we've got some home games coming at the back end of the season because we seem to be away every week, don't we? Oh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Two, four home games, two against French. Like somebody's having a laugh. You know, not we can do with a bit of resource. You, you know, you asked me weekly if we're bringing players in, but 
you know, you need a few uh, home games to get some money in the coffers for that. So uh, everyone at the club's working really hard and, um, and we just get on with it. Fantastic effort today, Paul. Best Cheers. of luck against Saints, mate. Cheers. So that was you, Paul, talking to Paul Rowley um, after the game. And uh, yeah, obviously defeat. Uh, but he obviously was he happy with with what was uh, was 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 served up? I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think he's ever happy because I think he's he's, he's a perfectionist, isn't he, Paul? I think he he wants to win everything, and he said that he's been like Watto, what was the same, wanted Richard Marshall, they all want to win everything. Um, but I think in a way, like like he said there, it's a bit of a strange one, but yeah, like a proud dad, I was a bit like that, you know. I mean, lads just done really well there, and I think we we all came away like that. I mean, I took our imaging of my dad in the van, and we drove home. We we stopped off and had a brew on the way home, and, and sort of sat outside in the sunshine, and we we were laughing and joking, and, and as if we'd won the game. So it was it was sort of heartwarming the way that they played because we didn't expect it. And sometimes, <laughs> even even though you don't win the game, you sort of cheered up by the performance. And for me, it was a performance that. And I spoke to quite a few people in the week leading up to the game and everybody said the same thing to me. I want to see a performance. And we did. We saw a performance and you can't. that's all you can ask for as a supporter. I don't expect Solford to beat everybody every week because we're not St. Helens. We've not got that endless amount of money. I expect a performance every week of 100% effort. And if I get that, I'm happy as Larry. So I was really happy with it. And, you know, we look at the squad this week. If we can go to St. Helens and, and, and give 100%, we might not be able to beat St. Helens, but I'd be more than happy with that again this week, mate. Yeah, I think it's the, it's bouncing sort of back in it, Parky. Obviously, you've four tough games in, in sort of over the last sort of four weeks, isn't it? So um, it's how they finish against Saints, how they, how much of the you know how much juice they've been took out the tank uh, in the last sort of three weeks. Yeah, I think I think what they've got to look at is they get a week off. So let's put it all in for this one, and you know, well, basically, best part of a fortnight, isn't it, before the next game. We've got just this last this last mountain to climb now. That's it. And then we're through this this pit, this horrible period we've had. Um, we get a week off, we can recuperate, hopefully get a couple of players back, and, and like I say, build on for the season. Um, but listening listening to Rolls, he said, you know, again, like we've said in the past, he's not someone who gets overexcited about things and doesn't go over the top when we get beat. You know, he, he's quite a steady eddy, if you like. Um, but listening to him, you could kind of, you could see, I think he said something in his interview about, it may have been on Channel 4 or on BBC, that we can walk out of here with our heads held high. You know, and that's that, that's a massive thing. I think the fans did the same thing. We walked out of that ground, you know, and you're thinking, yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we mixed it with these today. And the Wigan fans, you know, walking past, going the other way, we were, we were in a game there. It's not the usual, we just battered Salford, so what, you know, just and like Paul said, that that effort, that one hundred percent commitment to the cause on on Sunday was it's what we want to see. We don't ask much. We're not, you know, like you say, we'd we'd love it the other way. We'd love to be like Saints or Wigan in the pomp, or you know, Leeds have been in the past, Bradford and Saints like that, where they've just dominated. We'd love to have that. We haven't got it. We know we haven't, but we just want that little bit of commitment. Um, that maybe I don't know. Maybe I, I was harsh, but. I don't think we've seen in a couple of games this season. I don't think we've seen 100% from everybody. But on, on Sunday, it was all there, wasn't it? Um, you can't, we can't fault them one bit. And it's just a shame that we have lost more bodies rather than getting more back for this week. But 
um, yeah, no, just just totally proud of him. And, and, and Paul Rowley sounded like he was the same. So, so, um, obviously, just before we uh, start talking about the news, Parker, we'll talk mm. about the ladies and their first uh, league win. Uh, against uh, Warrington Lunas. They beat Warrington Lunas 26 points to 22. Fantastic result for Chris Bates' ladies. Magnificent. What an effort. What an effort. Uh, they, they they really stuck it in. It was uh, a tough, a tough battle. You know, I know the girls were, uh, I, they must be so proud of themselves. It's a magnificent result. You've gone away from home, mm. Warrington, you know. Uh, I, the, the, what I've seen of that game, uh, what I will say is we were we were harshly dealt with in some officiating. Yeah. I found uh, it seemed that we were getting punished for things that they didn't. Um, that so that that was difficult to overcome because especially in that there was periods in in the game where it seemed like it was just all in our on our line. Everything we were doing, all the defending or driving it out from our line. But the girls stayed calm and and, and worked really hard um, in, in a you know in a tough battle, and that's that's. Kicked off the season really, really well. I know we're flying in that cup, but this, you know, it's the league. That's your bread and butter. Um, and again, just to be, you know, so proud of them and the effort that's been put in there against a well-organised Warrington team as well. But um, I was really impressed again this week when I when I watched it back. Um, some real key individual performances. Um, the forwards had so much work to do. You know, they must be they must be absolutely shattered again, but. That's that's those extra efforts that you know when they say that they've gone in on a on a Monday to do extras after work you know to get that's that's the commitment you need and that's why they get results um, and it, yeah just just a brilliant start to the season yeah Warrington opened the scoring uh, and then Lucy McKeown uh, scored and lovely little little run round by uh, Jones and Bradshaw sending a. Uh, McKeown over for the score. And then our debut uh, centre, Alex Simpson, uh, Great Britain teachers uh, centre park. He went over and scored after, after a lovely run around as well. And uh, we were leading 10-6 uh, uh, going into half time. Yeah, uh, we we were. And the, the, um, the, the tries we scored, by the way, were, were they were well worked. We had to work hard for them, but it, we just had a little bit more, uh, I don't know, a bit quality. Yeah. I think it is out wide. Uh, I mean, Lucy McKeon, we spoke about it. I don't know how many times she just scores tries for fun. She makes it look easy. Um, and it definitely wasn't. Um, and again, like I said, just that little bit of quality uh, out, out wide was, was a, a real threat. I know we that's just in the first half. In the second half, we had a, we had a try disallowed, which by all means was a try. I don't, I don't know why. But again, that was out wide. It was, mm. you know, we. We, we peppered them through the middle of forwards, worked and worked and worked, and then let the ball do the work. You know, it's just a simple tactics, really. But when you've got them players on the park, um, you, you use them and, and, you know, we've got pace and power and it's, it's a great mix. And we just look a real, real good unit. Yeah, we do. Uh, Demi Jones was at it again, uh, beginning mm. of the second half. Spiral bomb, chaos in the Warrington defence. Uh, and Lucy McKeown uh, scooped up the ball and, and dived over to make it 16-6. Warrant hit back with a try to make it 12-16, uh, but then we scored the try of the game, in my opinion. Uh, Louise Fellenham, uh, Beth Gray, and combined to send Lauren Ellison over for, for a try. She took a couple of defenders over with her. Uh, great, great bit of rugby football there, Parker. Uh, and it shows that these girls 
when, when they see a chance, they take it. Yeah, very much so. Well, that, that's the thing because there weren't. It wasn't a game of like chances like that. It was a real arm wrestle at times. Like I said before, we spent a lot of it in our, in our own half or on our own line, just trying to grind it out and get up the park. And then when you get that opportunity, you've got to take them. We've seen it a lot with the with the men's team this year, where we've created loads and just or had loads of ball and not not done it, not go over the line. The girls have that. They have that extra that that X factor, whatever it is, to you know to to crash over. And it, it doesn't matter how you score, obviously, just scoring, but. They, they always have a bit of a flurry. There's always something about them. Um, but no, a magnificent effort again. And some of, some of the, the girls there, like I said, it must have been absolutely shattered because they, you know, it was, it was hard work. Really was. It was. Um, it could have gone either way. And, and Warrington are a good team. They were well organised as well. And it just, I don't know whether it comes down to coaching or individual efforts or what. But we we just had enough to get past them. But it's a great start. Yeah, obviously. Um, Lucy McKeown and Steph Gray got all the headlines, uh, Parky. But I think the other winger, uh, Lauren Ellison, she yeah. is prolific, really. She scored, let's have a look at this. I've got the stats here one, two, um, three, four, five in seven, I think it is, Parky. So, you know, in any other team, when, when I think Lucy McKeown scored something like 12 in five or something like that. So with any other team you'd be you'd be you know be calling that out as being, you know, what you know, sharpshooterish, but obviously, you know, it's going under the radar really for me that. Well, isn't it a great sign that you've got wingers on both sides scoring tries? Mm. And we're not you know, we look at the first the, the men's team, the first team and it's you know, we know Kenny Seo scores hatful, scores every single week. On the other side we probably don't score as many as we should. You know, do we play to one side or something like that? The girls seem to have a Maybe a better setup in that way, um, or or do, do they just use the ball better to create that space for the wingers? But to have to have pace and you know a threat out wide in any team is is great. To have two, you know, it's, it's a real threat. And it, this is the thing now that other teams are going to look at. They're going to watch us. They're going to see you know which side do you defend. You know who do you put where? Do you have a strong defender on on one wing? Do you have to switch them to cover one wing? You can't do it. Um, and again, even from fullback, we have you know every time our fullback comes into the line, it, it's chaos. It, there's a bit of pace, a bit of, you know what I mean. It, it, there's a spark there. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's just great to have uh, you know try try scoring wingers, um, but also that work rate through the middle that creates the space. that's then lets the you know the flare players, if you like, really build and uh, and then. You know, you get you get your wingers, you get the headlines, don't they? Yeah, Ellison's got six in six, and McKeon's got thirteen in six. <laughs> so they just razor, they razor sharp for me. You give them ball, they'll score. There's there's no there's no there's no danger there. Um, why you hit back though? Two tries on the spin, uh, mm. like like you said, Parker. I think that period of the game there, they were getting pinged all over, weren't they? But for me, I tell you, defended like like lions, didn't they? Didn't didn't take a backward step at all. It was like the Alamo at one point. There was about four sets on our line. Bodies lying everywhere. Fortunately, like I say, Wyatt did manage to get over uh, and made the scores 22-20 with about, I think it might have been six minutes to go. But, sign of a good side that they could pick themselves up from then, from there, and go on and win. Well, the attitude was spot on because they didn't lose it. I mean, I was losing it watching it. Mm. Regarding the referee pinging us for things that, I don't mind referees making mistakes. I don't. I don't want to bag them all the time. But 
you've got to make them for both sides. Mm. And it seems that I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I've seen it amateur before where one team's absolutely battering the other. That's not the case in this game, but the referee thinks I'll be a bit more lenient on them. It's not fair sort of thing. You know, it's, we'll give them a bit. And he, he seemed that way. I mean, Warrington were offside quite a lot and he never, he, he did us a few times for that and, and, and a few silly little things. And eventually you, you are going to break with all that pressure. But they, tra- you know, they, they kept him out for so long, it, it was going to happen. Um, and in a tight game, that's, you know, you don't need, the referee doesn't need to get involved like that. Um, because both teams were, were really impressive and it was fairly free-flowing at times. But then he just, he just wanted to get involved. I don't know. I don't know what it was about. And we just couldn't get away from our line. And we, I, think, I think, to be fair, I think we needed Warrington to score. To break that, that you know what I mean, because it could have carried on for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and once once they scored, then we got a chance to get back up and into their half. Other yeah. than really struggling, but the the effort was there. And, that, and this is why I'm saying I know I've said it twice already, but it must have been shattered. Yeah. It must, because it didn't stop. Do you know what I mean? It, it was it was constant pressure. Um, and then we just again we just had that edge, like I said to Paul before before you came on about you know Wigan and Jai Field. That's why you sign these players. Mm. of something that get you to finals and get and I think we got that in our team that proved that you know Warrington didn't an established team like them yeah so obviously dying moments in the game we trail by two turnover ball set the move up wonderful pass by Jones gave it to Louise Felling who attacked the line drop off ball to uh, Vicky Kinney who burst the line went over to score the winner uh, cue joyous scenes behind the post yeah, well, it's uh, we know we know Vicky, yeah, her other half um, celebrating a try on the same yeah. day. Um, so it's a good good family double, if you like. Um, but yeah, again, you mentioned Louise Fellingham there. What a player! Yeah, what a player! You you can just see that difference that she's got. This isn't this isn't something new to her. This is what she does. You know what I mean? Um, and the control, there was no panic. Yeah, we're behind. It's getting late in the game. Just, just do what you do. Go through your systems. Do you know? Play the pattern that we've got. And we were just again, it's that that edge. That this is what I'm saying. That little bit of quality that we've got. Mm. Um, and she, yeah, she, she was just calm and just set it up. Let's set the play up. And when she crashed over, I mean, yeah, it was it was joyous scenes. Yeah. Me, me watching it. You know, myself. I was, uh, I was Jumping giving it. About. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, brilliant. It's a great, like, say, great start. And yeah. uh, build on it. Yeah, I think you're right there, Packy. Obviously, obviously, both Demi Jones and Louise Fellingham, ice cold as well. Because don't forget, yeah. with two minutes to go, you know, it, it's all or nothing there. So for her to, to spot it, read it, and also for Vicky Kinney to, to come back on the inside and, and, and catch it and score, as well to like a crash ball to go over. We see many players go for that and, and yeah. lose the ball or catch, sort of drop the ball before they catch it or anything like that. So to have the technique to do it under intense pressure is, is big there for me. So, you know, fantastic, fantastic win for the ladies. I spoke to Chris Bates after the game and this is what I had to say. <laughs> Coach's Corner. So we're joined by uh, Chris Bates. Welcome to the show, Chris. Congratulations on your first league win against Warrington Lunars. Talk us through it. Thanks for having us again. Um, I was. I, it was a massive win for us, really. Um, I don't know where to start. The game feels like a bit of a blur, to be honest with you. 
Um, once we've got the footage, we'll, I'll enjoy watching it back, I think. Um, but we kind of played field position really well. They, they scored early through a, a bit of a, well, really a lucky bounce. Um, they piggybacked up the, up the field on a, on a couple of penalties, which was probably a bit of a story of the game. Um, and came away with points early to go 6-0 up. <clears throat> and then we fought back for, for what really, to be honest with you, at half-time felt like quite a commanding lead, um, albeit not that far apart in terms of points, but it felt like we'd control field position. It felt like it was in our gift, really. Um, the only time that they really got upfield was either their pack ramping up for a couple of sets, led, led from the front by Serena, one of their props, and um, or we piggybacked, up, piggybacked them up on penalties or, or drop balls. And then the second half, we scored early and that, that really felt like it cemented it and then these things change quickly, don't they? Um, so they scored a couple of tries and, and, and then all of a sudden we're 22-20 with what, five or six minutes left and um, and then Vicky came up with the goods to, to win it for us. So I, I'd said to you before that I was I was interested to see how we would manage a game and if I'm honest, I don't think we quite managed the game. I think we made it tough for ourselves, certainly tougher than it needed to be with the amount of errors we made and the amount of penalties we gave away and I think that's just something that as a as a team, kind of five or six games into your into your existence, that you're going to have to learn at some point. Um, yeah. got plenty to take from that, but I'm ultimately delighted that we showed the the heart to find a way to win. Um, and we certainly did it tough, but but delighted to see them do it that way. Yeah, last time you won, you talked about sort of wanting to see how your ladies would react in in a game like like that. Uh, what did you learn uh, from your team? Um. So I think I'll give you two sides. I think I'll give you what I learned and what we learned as a coaching team. And I think I'll give you what I hope they learned. So we learned that in in that group we've got some real fights. And I think when you when you look at the way they've been training, I've 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 given them tons of praise for for really ripping in. And, and once again we had eight players doing extras before training yesterday. So on the on the back of what was a really tough game. So that tells you everything about their heart. And um, but I think we learned that they can take that into a game situation and and the difference there is that you know when you're getting through fitness and training, you're doing that as an individual. So okay, you're part of the team, and okay, the whole team's got to get through the drill. And but if one kind of drops or shirks a little bit, it doesn't really matter. You still get out what you put in. Um, but in a game situation, if one drops or shirks a little bit, then then you lose the game. Um, and as a group, they really pull together and they really showed a, a lot of heart to to go and um, come off the back of of what was what was probably a little bit of a controversial decision. I'll, I'll I'll be straight with you. I'd have been fuming if we were, um, if we were kind of in that situation. We'd scored and we weren't given those points. That try wasn't awarded, but at the same time, you know there was kind of hints of a loose ball there. So, and the players were up in arms about it. So then, when when they came back together under the sticks, I was delighted that they managed to find the fight to go and the belief to to get upfield, put themselves in a position to score, and then execute. What I hope that the girls took from it is 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 belief really. And, and belief that, that actually if you come together as a group and if you work together and you keep kind of sticking to our game plan and you keep kind of hanging on in there, that the opportunities come. Um, and I really hope that next time we're in that situation that they, that they react exactly the same way, but with a perhaps a bit more belief that they're going to. Uh, I mean, you look at the epitome of that. And when I was a lad watching United grow up, then Fergie time was a real thing. So, you know, that, that group always believed that, that a chance would come or that, the game wasn't quite lost, and, and I and I hope that they take that as, um, away from the situation they were in on Sunday. Yeah, um, obviously you absorbed a lot of sort of pressure in defence. Outstanding at times, a sliding defence. It kind of shows that your team can sort of deal under pressure 
teams coming at them. I, we talk about game play intelligence. I thought it was crucial moments in that second half when Warrington were knocking on that door, uh, but your lady stood up and answered. Yeah, so um, their try to bring them within four points came on the back of five sets on our line mm. um, with with a, a variety of penalties. And then I think we, we got the ball and then turned it over early in the tackle count. And then they're attacking us again. We, I thought Lauren Ellison saved us a couple of times by jamming in and, and you know, they we didn't have to slide out to go and they caught us on an overlap and you've two ways to overcome that haven't you your defenders your defensive line either slides out quickly and reacts and, and adjusts to make it you know player on player if you like or or um or your winger jams in and cuts the play out and she did that at a couple of really really crucial points and and fair play to her for that um i think overall we ask the players um Matt Drinkwater's great with this so um if a player runs through the middle of us, that's an individual area. If a player gets round us, that's a system error. Um, and we just didn't see any, individu- any individual errors. I thought that they kept showing up time after time after time. And they were they were absolutely you know, out of it, really. They were, they were really blowing and, and they really had to dig deep to find some of those efforts to keep them out for, what, the 18th, 19th, 20th tackle and on, on, our, on our own line. So... So yeah, d- delighted with the way they defended. The thing that we've got to look at is how we don't put ourselves in that position. Mm. Um, so you know, perhaps we've got to look and say, well, are we too expansive in our own half? I, d- I don't think so. It didn't jump to mind, but that's one reason to turn a load of ball over. Do we need to be a little bit better at how we react to a referee who, you know, each ref will have their own line as to what's a high tackle and what's not. We gave away an awful lot of high tackles, so we clearly didn't react to that. But we'll, th- all those are things that we'll learn from. Um, but you can't you can't fault their effort. They, they kept showing up and they kept putting the body in the line of some some really big players. Mm. I suppose it's confidence. Obviously, if you know you'd be able to hold the sort of the next set out, then obviously if you do give a penalty away. As long as you're all sort of fired up and, and making the tackles, then obviously it, it's you know where you can absorb, can't you? Yeah, definitely. As long as as long as you know how to turn that, how to ensure that that's only six tackles. Mm. You know, it's only one minute's work. If then give another penalty away on fifth, then that's yeah. two minutes work, twelve tackles. Eventually, they're going to break you. Mm. You know, you're not going to keep it. You're not going to limit a team to twenty meters for twelve, eighteen, twenty-four tackles. It's it's impossible. Mm. Um, I think Sky had, was it Steve who had the old penalty penalty try yeah. kind of saying, and it's true. Um, certainly when it's on your own line. So as long as we're smart enough to turn that into one penalty and not three, four, five. Then, then yeah, we'll do okay. Yeah, uh, obviously attacking wise, in good field position and instructed attack. You know, we we showed uh, the week of good ball and, and and good players who can make things happen. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't don't know where to start with that one. We've talked quite a lot about our structure and our ability to score points, and I, I think um, Joe, if I if I if I sum it up, then I think you look at the try we scored to win it, and then you look at the set when they kicked off to us. And Louise gets a bit of a sniff on the right edge, and all of a sudden she's that Harlem Globetrotter style. She's um, oh, it nearly killed me. She's she's throwing the ball out wide to to Steph, who's then playing through hands to Lauren, who then nearly gets put in touch. But they saw a chance, and they had to go at, at um at, at finishing it, even even though you know two minutes left on the clock, and we're trying to manage it out. You could argue that that's not kind of gameplay intelligence, but at the same time, how many times have you heard me say we want to spot weaknesses and we want to execute them? And and we want to we want to punish teams when they show us those weaknesses. So you can't fault them for it. Um, I think we've just we've got the ability to play with our heads up, and and at the same time we're um, when we're, when we're playing structured, we're creating chances. And you know you look, we scored sides and then through the middle. So you know, I think I think we're showing that that actually we're not just kind of a one trick pony, I suppose, and that's no bad thing. Yeah, sign of a good side 
that could score and then score again. Because that's that's what happens if you can obviously double up and, and and score two tries on the spin, opposition heads go down, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's it's really demoralising to be that side that's just conceded points and then you get marched back upfield through through nothing more than a team you can't quite cope. You're absolutely right, and um, I think we've given our pack plenty of credit. So we can make meters on sides, especially when we're running twos, we win collisions, and then Taz sniffing around at nine gives us a. You know, if you leave markers on the floor or your A defenders are too wide, then she's going to punish you. And that very often puts us in the position to go and score points again. So long may that continue, really. It's re- it's a really demoralising thing as a defending team to have happen to you because you concede points, you, group, you regroup, you kick off. You'll no doubt talk about kicking the ball deep, about pinning us in our half. But then if we can then march upfield against you and then look dangerous again, then you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really hard thing to recover from in a game, to be honest. Yeah, you were trailing with two minutes to go and then obviously a team move sent Vicky Kinney over for the winning try. Uh, it's, all, it's all about scoring under pressure and, and that's what we did. Absolutely delighted um, for, a, for a couple of reasons. So if you look at how that try came about, then we played to a left edge, we recycled the ball. I, I think we ended up hitting Kayleigh who played it quickly. I, I did say I needed to watch it back. Um and then we played to a right edge and, and, and we hadn't we hadn't set to the right position. We weren't particularly in structure. But Demi pings a fantastic long ball to Lobby, who then hits Vicky on a drop, not, knowing that the defence is going to be scrambling. And then from 10 or 15 minutes out, a player like Vicky is going to take some stopping. You know, she she runs the way she kind of approaches rugby league. She she you know, she's really passionate. She's fantastic to have her in the group. Um she worked really hard. Um and so for her to get over, I think where you if you've seen the pictures of I think Lauren kisses her. I think Lobby's trying to climb all over her back. You know, it, it's absolutely it's absolutely fantastic. And the players were delighted and we were delighted, not only for the win, but also for the, you know, the ultimately the player, the player that scored it, all delighted for her, really. Yeah. Another positive was uh, Alex Simpson made a debut, uh, scored a try. Uh, great things coming from her. Yeah, um, we're, we're really lucky that um, as coaches, we, we really want, we're all amateurs. So we've, we've spoken a long time that, for a long time that that we want to create an environment that we all love being a part of um and i think it kind of the proof of that i suppose is the number of players that have that we've got reaching out to us to join um we we've got a waiting list at the minute of players that that want to come into the environment and try themselves and every player in that squad has trialed to pull that shirt on whether it was the initial trials that were announced just after the grand final or whether it was the um or whether it's a you know someone that we've invited in for trial demi came in through that route for example um, and Alex um, trialed with us it's, it's supposed to be a four week trial but she kind of impressed us enough that we brought her in after three um, she started at left centre um, unfortunately Liv has got some stuff going on Olivia Meyer so Liv kind of as much as she's with us and, and she was there on the sideline with us she, she can't currently pull a shirt on so you know we're supporting Liv through that but at the same time we've got to, got to name the strongest 13 we can so, yeah, we were delighted Alex accepted the invitation to come into the squad that, that she'd kind of earned. Um, and, we, you know, we, we, we moved really quickly on it, to be fair. We only offered her on Wednesday and then she's, she's starting on Sunday and, and she showed up really well. So we'd watched her play for GB Teachers um, and we kind of knew what she was about and she was just a handful on that left edge. So she ran really hard and, and that's how her try came about. Um, she, she hit a good line off Lucy. Lucy couldn't not give it to her. Um, yeah, she just punched a hole out on a on a centre's outside shoulder in between centre and wing, and and then she was she, there's just no way she was being stopped. So yeah, she showed up really well and she defended well as well. So yeah, a, a really what well, I'm hopeful is a, a really good addition to the squad. 
Yeah. Opportunity clubs gives opportunity, Chris, and, and that's what's what's happening there. Um, sad news is uh, one of your coaches, Chris English, has, has departed. Um, is that is that a blow? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so Chris was great for us, and you know, I did I did say we're all volunteers. We all have jobs away from this. We all have families away from this. Chris has got a young family, and um, ultimately the commitment just proved a little bit too much. Um, I'm sure he won't mind me saying that his son plays rugby league in Wigan, and he, he was it was tugging on his heartstrings. One of the reasons was he was tugging on his heartstrings that he's kind of having to leave his son at training to shoot over to us, and um, and and there comes a point where all of us have to put our families first. It's it's you know part. I have a young family part of being a family man, isn't it? Um, and 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 that's kind of when when Chris said to us that um, he was going to go, I did, did my best to talk him out of it, really. And, and, and I'll level with you. He called me Thursday to tell me, and I said, "Well, let's talk Sunday." And I was determined that he wasn't going. But when he said, "Look, it's just the right decision for me," and and I just absolutely know it is, and I just needed to trust me with it. And there's kind of no kind of no choice for us there. So he was well respected by the girls. Um, Told him he's always welcome back here. Um, if he, you know, if, if things kind of settle down and he finds himself with a bit more time and he wants to get back involved, the door's always open for him. Um, and he was, a, I think, the, the biggest contribution he made to us was really helping us form the environment. So um, forever, kind of available for players to talk to if they had some kind of stuff going on in their own personal lives. Um, forever supporting players. Um, forever. You know, even bringing players to training when he needed to, when he was struggling for a lift, he, he, yeah, he, I can't thank him enough really for his contribution, and I'm, and I'm, I'm sad to see him go. But you know, we wish him all the best, and yeah, he's um, any success we have this season, will will certainly be, he'll certainly get some credit for, and deservedly so. Are we in the market to see if we can replace him, or are we going to go as we are? Um, right now, we're going to go as we are. So it it falls quite. a... I've never had three assistant coaches before. I think if you speak to most amateur coaches, there's not working, not used to working with three assistants. Certainly not at the calibre we have. Um, so I think at the minute, me, Matt, and Dawn have got it covered. Um, but you know, much like playing situation, we review that as it goes. Um, it only takes one of us to get a different job or or something to change at home, and all of a sudden that situation changes. The same as it would with a player, whether that's like I said, different job, or whether that's you know a child anything um this this situation is really fluid so um right now will that be the case next week who knows yeah uh final question from me got Jewsbury more at home um next game chris opportunity possibly for a, for a double header um well, you'd have to ask the club so um i think obviously i'm all about the 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 women's setup and um i think those double headers are a fantastic opportunity to really showcase what we're about and when we talk about, you know, should we need to attract another coach? Should we need to attract other players? Should we need to continue the kind of the, the noise that, that the team have created so far and the good feeling amongst the fans? Then then I think they're a, a fantastic opportunity for us to do that. And as far as I'm concerned, the more of those we can be involved in, the better. So if that's on the cards, then, then, then well, you'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd be delighted. Um, but if, if it is on the cards, I, it's not something I know right now as we're gearing up ready to play at Roosters or, or Caddy's Head. Brilliant, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. So that was Chris Bates talking to me after the game at Parking. And he, last week we talked about sort of games that uh, that they've not really been tested in uh, yet. But he was he was sort of happy that this one they have been tested and, and they passed with uh, flying colours. Yeah, I mean, when you, you can say that about not being tested, that's not their fault, is it? No, They're much better than somebody else. That's the way it works. But um, 
yeah, no, it was a, it was a real test, and it, uh, we we said we said it in, in the other games that when the real work starts in the league, them games we played first, the friendly against Swinton, and and then into that cup competition will build us up, and it'll take you know it will get tougher, but we'll be able to rely on these 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 games we've played and the confidence that we've got going into games that we're on a winning run. Once you're winning, it seems that that's just what's going to happen. Um, and when you, when you're losing every week, you go into games possibly with a negative mindset. At the moment, our girls probably think they can't be beat. Mm. That's, what get, that's what's getting through it, as well as as well as that quality and hard work. Um, and he, he, you know, so he's, he's spot on it. We, we probably needed a test, a real test, to see just how good we are. Um, and I think we've proved now that yeah, we are good. Um, we are going places. Yeah, we talked about um, gameplay intelligence, and he said in the last minute uh, where we were thinking that we were talking about you know keeping up the jumper. Um, yeah. Steph Gray saw something, and, and they were playing Highland Globetrotter stuff at one point, and he had his heart in his mouth. Uh, you know, he was telling it to you know, oh, stop the ball, stop the ball. But I spent like we saw before. It was you know, it's it's they play what they see, and if they see it, they'll play it. Yeah, it's confidence as well to, to to play that and to know that your teammates are going to play with you. You know, you're not just going to start throwing the ball about nobody's going to be there. They're aware they follow each other. And that's the thing about them. We've said it a few times as a team. They're brilliant. Yeah. Really are. It is a team. I said it, uh, I think it was after the Featherston game, the Featherston uh, game away. And we, we, we absolutely thumped them. But it was the team that did it. Yeah. Yeah. We have we have individuals who score five or six tries in a game, but the work that goes on before that, they all know the job. They all know where they're supposed to be. Mm. Uh, such a professional sort of setup, it really is, and uh, and it's bearing fruit. And you know, we've we've got the season off to a great start. Who knows? You know, by the end of the year, <laughs> there will will be there will be more tough tests to come, and, yeah. and at some point we will taste defeat. I'm sure. You know, nobody goes through a season like um, unbeaten, especially not a, a sport like rugby league. It's so tough. Um, but you know, fingers crossed, we can, we can go from here. Yeah, you know? I, I think obviously we, we watched the Featherston game and the forwards got a roll on, didn't they? Warrington Lunas were a different kettle of fish in the in the in the pack. You know, they came at us and we came at them, and it was a real tough battle in in that in that in that centre field. And I think obviously, when when you see it, you think to yourselves. When you watch that Featherston game, you think, you know, what happens if they come at us? And they did for it. And so I, the pack stood up, you know, made metres, defended well. Uh, and I think it was like a giant tick in uh, Chris Bates' bo uh, box there. Yeah, like I said, new players coming into the team as well. Yeah. They did. You know, they haven't had these five or six games before. And mm. it's straight, yes, when you, when you do bring in players of quality, that you, you, you kind of get that anyway. But yeah. um, overall, it just, it seems like they played for years. That's, yeah. that's, like to play together for years, and it's that it's that knowledge of every of their position of where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do that's that's so impressive. Maybe maybe it's me in my own mindset thinking we've set up a winning team. It's new. It's you know it's going to be a bit this, a bit that, you know a bit amateur. Maybe it's far from absolutely far from. It's yeah. real quality stuff. Um, and these you know these girls are just. The way they've mixed and, and bedded in so quickly and look like that solid team, um, I, I honestly believe in that, you know, we can bring in new players as well and, and start breeding a next generation of it. Mm. But following on from this blueprint, we we could be a, a real a benchmark club, I think. Yeah. Talking about 
blueprints. Uh, we're trying to organise a chat with the Salford and Swinton girls slash uh, ladies training um, programme. So hopefully we'll get that uh, organised so we can see how they can sort of blend into this. And they might be the they might be the feeder uh, sort of organisation into this into and grow the girls' uh, you know team and squad. Yeah, well, we, we we need it now, don't we? This is this is the the key. And when, when your team's winning, mm. it's easy to get people involved. Yeah, you know, like you're getting beat every week. And you ask your mates to come to the match. No, oh, they're going to get beat, aren't they? Girls will get involved. They'll love what they're seeing. And, and we've always, I've always thought, so about a a high percentage of female supporters mm. and people as well. You know, it's, they don't just turn up to look at men's thighs these days. <laughs> Size turn if that's what the men's eyes. About the game, and we've got you know all the way through my my Salford supporting life, I've I've known you know Salford's known for having strong female mm. presence. Say that, and mm. and the girls that go to the rugby, they they all know everything, know the ins and outs of rugby. It's not you know, and I think now we 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 can start thinking of succession planning already. Yeah, yeah. A lot of girls that I grew up with now are of an age of having kids or, or, or girls who were in primary school or even going to high school, they're the ones now. Let's mm. get them. Let's get them gripped and get them playing. Not just watching. Let's get them playing. And this, the, the Salford and Swinton girls thing is, 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 is a really good starting point for them. And like you say, could could be our little squad builder, if you like, for yeah. first team. Yeah. So that's a look back at both games. And next, we'll look at all the big news coming out of the club this week. So, let's look at all the news coming out of the club uh, this week. Paul, we'll start uh, with uh, with some good news. The Miles, Holton, Dallop um, in the reserves have been promoted to the first team uh, to face uh, St. Helens. He's in the squad. Uh, we saw him at, at, at Warrington. I think it was the Lee Mossop uh, testimonial. I've seen him in a couple of games since then. He, he looks the part for me. Yeah, he's a big lad, big athletic lad and... Uh... You know that's what you've got to be these days, haven't you? In Super League, there's so many big, big players and big units as we call them. And he looks, uh, he looked a good lad in that game against Warrington. That you know the, the, those youngsters uh, did themselves proud that night, didn't they? In the Lee Mossop testimonial, so it's great to see him getting his chance. I mean, if you think back to last weekend, St. Helens played Castleford, and I think they played quite a lot of um, of youngsters in that game, didn't they? All right, they got beat, but I think it, it's great to see young players coming through, isn't it, and, and getting that chance in the first team. Whether he'll get a chance or not, he's in the squad. So, uh, Amir Burra's in the squad as well. I'd like to see him, him get a goal. So, um, we'll have to see how that goes this week. But, yeah, congratulations for making that squad. And uh, if he does finally get his, his debut, that's, um, it just shows that pathway is there, isn't it, for, for youngsters to come through. So, uh, ex- excited to see the, uh, the start in uh, 17 this week. But, fingers crossed for him. Yeah, opportunity club gives opportunity. He's a centre, he's 23, he's played Halifax before, he's played for Wakefield before, so he's he's got experience at a sort of quite high level, so you're hoping, obviously, if, if uh, Paul Rowley decides to give him a game, then obviously it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a big green light for sort of Danny Barton and, and the rest of the you know the coaching staff on the on the reserves, that obviously if, if he can produce talent like him to come through and uh, you know, getting a, a first team squad spot, then uh, you know, there'll be plenty more to come, hopefully, in the next uh, sort of years and months to come. Other news: uh, the women, after their great win last week against uh, Warrington, now have a nines festival. 
to play. Uh, they're playing at Victoria Park, Warrington, like the same place where they beat Warrington last week. It's uh, fast. They're still the rugby league. I think all the Super League sides, I think it's eight um, sort of guested teams. We're one of the guests that they've, they've invited in. So it's a, it's going to be a good a good, uh, good day, Sunday. Yeah, it certainly is. And it's another chance for uh, for the ladies to sort of test themselves against, uh, you know, Super League opposition. And you know what? They could go there and steal the show, couldn't they? Because there's some big sides, isn't there, in the, in the Super League? You know, you've got Saints and Leeds and Castleford, these sides that are challenging. I know you had the, the, the Challenge Cup semi-finals, you know, some big scores in that. So there's there's a bit of a gulf, isn't there, I think, in, in that Super League between the, the, the top and the bottom. But, you know, our, our ladies have got nothing to lose there. They've, they've started well, they're confident and, and they're winning matches, aren't they? And that can take you a long way. We've said that loads of times, haven't we, about the, you know, the, the men's team. Once you get on a roll and you, you start winning, winning becomes a habit. So they could go there and, you know, at nines is, is a different, different competition altogether, isn't it? It's a different sort of game. And, uh, you know, very fast-paced. But I think they could go there and be a bit of a surprise package. So, I bet they're looking forward to that. It should be very, very exciting. Yeah, they play Alton Redettes uh, at 1.30. Then they play Casper Tigers at 2.45. And then they play Huddersfield Giants at 3.35. Obviously, I think one qualifies uh, for, for the finals um, sort of day, which is being held at the AJ Bell Stadium in a few weeks' time. So, you, you're hoping that we'll be that one. I know that Casper Tigers were in, I think it's the second Super League division and they were asking to sort of be dropped down in, sorry, they're in the first division and be dropped down to the second division. So that tells me that they might be struggling. So if they're, if they're you know, Alton, I think, in our division. So if we can beat Alton and then we can beat Cass and then it's Huddersfield who were the um, runners-up in the Shield competition last last uh, last season, so they'll be a big test uh, for our ladies. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great day, and hopefully, so uh, have a few fans down there to support them. Yeah, let's hope so, and let's hope we, we can get through because it'd be great to play in uh, you know the finals if it's if it's at the AJ Bell Stadium, won't it? So that'd be nice from to from to be at home. So yeah, good luck this weekend. I hope uh, I hope it's a success. Yeah. Uh, other news reserves playing at the AJ Bell training pitch on Saturday. They face Castleford Tigers at 2.30. Paul, Danny Barton's men uh, looking to post a win there. They've had a, a tough few games um, early on in this season. Uh, home advantage against Castleford. Hopefully they can get a win there. Yeah, I think you're going to get a bit of nice weather this weekend as well. The first team are playing Friday night. So you, if you've got nothing on on a Saturday, they, they could get a few down there. I mean, they, they got a good crowd a few weeks ago, didn't they, down there? There's an awful lot of people there under the lights at the AJ Bell on the training pitch. So that should be a great atmosphere. And uh, again, I know they've had it tough. They've had a tough few weeks, but they're starting to galvanise together now. They've played a few games together. And, you know, I'm pretty sure those, those lads playing in the reserves will be looking... You know, it's uh, the youngster who's gone into the the first team, the young uh, young Dylan. So he, you'll see him there and think, blimey, if he, if he can get in there, if I can impress, I, I could be in that first team as well. So it's giving you that that goal to aim for. So that should be uh, should be an exciting day that on Saturday for the reserves. Yeah, it's going to be uh, very exciting. The um, physical disability rugby league uh, team uh, took part in a festival. Uh, but at Victoria Park, Warrington last week, uh, Paul very uh, excited about that. Spoke to Heather Robinson about it. Um, it was a good, uh, good, uh, good afternoon by all accounts. We played well, played some good rugby, and uh, 
it's like I say, rugby league is an inclusive sport. Everyone should get involved, and it's fantastic now that we've got a, a team to allow people who are physically disabled to play. Yeah, I think I don't know who said it. I think it might have been you who said it. Rugby league was the winner at weekend, wasn't it? You know, it, it, despite Salford's uh, men's team losing, it was great to see all the sides playing. You know, on the same weekend, on the same day, and it just shows you how far the club has come. You know, look, the, the, the men's side. They did tremendously well at Wigan and ladies obviously got an excellent result and, and, and the other teams as well, you know, learning the team. I think it's great. I think it's great that everybody's getting involved now and all playing under the Salford Red Devils banner. We are becoming, and not becoming, I think we are a, a community club now, aren't we? That's, everybody's involved in it. Everyone's pushing in the right direction and it's, it's great to see. It's really great to see. So it'd be great to get more days like that, you know, festivals of rugby league and hopefully one day get all the teams playing at on the same day in Salford at the AJ Bell Stadium, I'm sure people can make that happen. So, you know, exciting times for the club at the moment. Yeah, if you want to get involved with the Physical Disability Rugby League team, uh, they train at Eccles College on Tuesday at 7 till 8. Uh, you can contact Craig Fisher at craig.fisher at srdfoundation.co.uk or you can ring him on, ring him on 0161 five two five two if you want to get involved in that obviously it's another another string to our sulfur devil's bow which is which is fantastic uh, other news as well uh, last week we just missed it really with 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 a podcast that Ken Seal and Tim Laffey have been uh, picked in the squad for the All-Stars game against England it's on the 18th of June Paul uh, Tim Laffey is currently injured out injured with a broken hand so hopefully we'll be fit and raring to go for that game because it's good that we've got couple of players in that showpiece um, game and it'll build our profile as well as theirs. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the, the both the players deserve it. I mean, Ken Seal leading try scoring in the Super League and, you know, Salford out top of the table and yet Ken Seal scoring tries for fun. Can you imagine if he, if Ken was playing for maybe a St. Helens or, or a Wigan with international quality players around him all over. I'm not saying for one minute, you know, disrespect to the Solver players, but he's in a he's in a he's struggling side. He's, he's not playing tremendously well, but but scoring every week and taking his chances. So, you know, Ken's one of the best wingers in the league. I think you could probably ask all 11 of the Super League coaches and they they take Ken in their side, definitely. So, uh, you know, he fully deserves that. And, and Tim Laffey, I think he's he's been a real signing for us, a real uh, class player. You know, he's very, very strong on defence. He's looked very solid, a very, very solid sort of player. Reminds me a bit of a, a Willie Talau sort of player and, uh, you know, very tough. And, and yeah, he's he's done the business for us so far this season and disappointed he, he's broke his hand because he was doing really well. But, yet again, we've... Uh, We've been really hampered by injuries this season, haven't we? It's been really, really unlucky the amount of injuries that we're picking up. But hopefully, he'll be back to to play in that game because it's, it's great when you get players, you know, representing Salford in in these sort of games. Obviously, you're hoping that England take it kind of uh, serious because obviously, with the World coming up, World Cup coming up, they need uh, you know a, a tough opposition to get them battle hard and ready for the World Cup. Oh yeah, of course they do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll be taking this very, very seriously, Robert. It's uh, the World Cups. It's not gonna be that long away, is it? Now we're, we're approaching May, aren't we? And you know, the summer usually flies by. I've done it, and the World Cups upon us. And you know, they don't get 
many games to prepare, really, do you? You've got really tough uh, games in the World Cup coming thick and fast. And, you know, this is a massive chance, this World Cup this year, for us to, you know, really do well. So, you know, the players, you know, I know the, there's, there's certain pockets of players who play together every week at the, at the clubs, at the uh, domestic clubs, but you want to work on those partnerships, don't you? Wing centre partnerships, half-back partnerships and things like that. Get your uh, processes right, your, your set moves and your, you know, your, your cohesion in place for, for when you do play in the World Cup. So the more games you can play, the better. So I don't know whether they're going to play more than that, whether they're going to get a friendly in as well before the World Cup. I'm not sure, but this game is very, very important to me. And don't forget, it's also more like a trial to play in that World Cup. You know, you're on trial, really. I mean, your England coach is going to be watching you and, uh, you know, you don't play well in that game. It could open the door for somebody else. So pressure's on, really. Yeah. Um, other news, our Development Academy beat Huddersfield Giants uh, 40 points to eight uh, this afternoon. Danny Barton's lads uh, um, putting the, the Giants through the sword there, the, through the mincer. Well, it's always nice to beat Huddersfield, isn't it? So, <laughs> after they beat us earlier in the season. So, yeah, yeah, all credit to Danny Barton. I think Danny's done uh, done a terrific job. He's been involved now for a good few years now with uh, the youth development at Salford. And, uh, you know, that, that pathway, as I mentioned before, to, to, to first team. I know it's not all the building blocks aren't in place yet, but he's doing a terrific job. And, uh, you know, let's just hope it keeps going like that because we, we do need that. But the more young people we've got playing the sport in Salford, the better. So, excellent result today. And uh, as I said, always nice to beat the Giants. Yeah, if if you're in year eleven now and you want to get involved in that, uh, contact Danny Dot Barton at SalfordCC.ac.uk, and he can uh, he can sort of organise that for you. But it's great. Obviously, we've got all these pathways that sort of go into into sort of the reserves and the, and the first team. It's it's you know it's going to be fantastic, really, if if you can obviously continue this process and three and five years down the line, you know, we could be producing talent. I think it's what you need, Robert. I think if you want. To... Playing Super League and competing Super League is what you need, and it's going to what you need going forward in the future. Now, if we're to stay in the Super League and and, and be a sort of top six side, you need all these building blocks in place. So if you've not got them, you're always going to be a yo-yo club, aren't you? Struggling, and mm. we don't want to be that. You've got to get the foundations right, and you know if it means a few years where you're consolidating and getting things together, a bit like we are now. I mean, you can take that because you've got to look at the bigger picture. It's about the future. It's not about having a flash in the pan, having one good season, throwing loads of money. That's not the way to do it. Teams have tried that in the past, haven't they? Coming, getting promoted and chucking loads of money, bringing loads of sort of make-weight players. And it doesn't work. You've got to do it the right way. And I think you look at the likes of, say, Ellens and Wigan and, and, and Leeds, maybe Warrington as well, but you take the, those top three, say it's Wigan and Leeds, the amount of trophies that they've won, you know, in the last 40, 50, 60 years. But you, the amount of players that come through there, young players, I mean, Salford has been littered with Wigan and St. Helens players over the last, well, in the 30-odd years I've watched Salford, the amount of players we've had from that hotbed of, of, of rugby league is, is outstanding. So, uh, so yeah, if you can produce your own players, you, you, you're doing something special there. And it's, those other clubs, it's like a conveyor belt, isn't it? So hopefully that's that's what we're going to get in, in the future if we can keep producing and, uh, and keep getting the kids to play. Yeah, well, I've, what's uh, what's your news, Paul? I've got your news here. Uh, oh yeah, um, a massive thank you to to our friend Mark. Hey, um, he sent some. Um, he's got some coasters Has for that? me, you and Parky. Yeah, yeah, four coasters. I think it's Colin Dixon, David Watkins, Stevie Nash, and who's the other one? Uh, boom, 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 boom. Oh, who's the other one? 
There's another one as well. Derek Prescott, not Derek Prescott. There's four anyway. There's four in the back. <laughs> I can't remember. I've had a long day at work. Uh, yeah, Mark's kindly um, treated us as a, as a nice present from him to uh, four lovely coasters of Salford Legends. So uh, I shall give them to you on Friday when I see you both. Yeah. And, uh, but thanks thanks to Mark for treat, treating us. I know Mark listens to the podcast every week religiously over in Australia. He's a massive supporter of it. He's a lovely fella as well. It was great. We met him a couple of years ago when he came over, didn't we? Had a nice bite to eat with him. And hopefully we'll, we'll see him again soon and uh, get to meet up again because he's a smashing fella. Yeah, what a nice bloke. I remember we went out for a meet him in town, I think. We had something to eat yeah, him, we had we? a nice meal, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. We had a nice meal and a few beers, and it was the grand final season. That one, it little yeah. did we know what we had in store yeah. later on in the season. So, uh, so yeah, smashing that. Thanks very much, Mark, for thinking of us. Yeah, final bit of news. It's kind of sad news, really. One of our uh, Salford favourites has, has had to had to retire. Uh, Chris Brining um, played for us 2017, 2018. Uh, Paul, um, it was just kind of like. We just sort of started interviewing players, and he was like a real sort of godsend for us. He was always wanted to speak, always willing to speak to us, uh, and was was good both on and off the uh, the microphone. I think Chris Bryan is possibly the first player I ever interviewed. Hmm. There was him and Dan Murray that came because I remember we got our press passes for the 2017 season. We started doing like yeah. reports and that in, in 16, but when we did the million pound game, like, we weren't doing interviews then, was we? But yeah, that season, I remember um, Chris Browning coming through the door at Salford. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's either him or Dan Murray. I, I might be Chris. And um, yeah, I got his name wrong. <laughs> I called him Chris Brennan. And they reminded me, but what a lovely fellow. He was a really nice guy. Um, I think he qualified as like a teacher because he was doing that. He's a, he's a clever lad, but um, so down to earth. And then it took him time to sort of settle in at Salford. But I remember my dad saying to me uh, when he got into the first team, we could be looking at an international hooker here. He's absolutely special. There's something about it. And then he got hampered by injuries. And it was such a shame because I think Chris would have played for England. I really do. I think he was that talented. He was super talented. But the injuries that he had with his neck and things like that, it's such a, such a tender sort of part of your body, isn't it? You know, that, that neck there. And if it's not right, you, you've got to think about the bigger picture of you. You've got your whole life in front of you. If you injure that and end up in a wheelchair or, or God forbid, worse than that, there's more to life than rugby league, I think, isn't there sometimes? So it's such a, such a shame for him because he was such a special player. And uh, yeah, I, I hope we, we get to see him and get him on the show and just wish him all the best for the future and whatever he decides to do. Yeah, 25 games, five tries. But that doesn't tell the full story for me. No, uh, Paul, not at all. he was dynamic around the rook, strong. And, you know, gameplay, gameplay intelligence, he had it all for me. And like I can say, it's just a shame it's like what, what's happened. Um, he was a st- he played for York City Knights before and afterwards. After a mm. um, bit of a stalwart down uh, down there. Um, he was their youngest ever player to make his, his debut through the scholarship. Uh, so it shows how good a talent he was that York were willing to throw him in that early. That's right, yeah. He's a, he's a good Scarborough lad as well. I think he's originally from sort of Scarborough, wasn't he? That neck of the woods. And yeah, he's he's very, very highly thought about York. And York are a good club, aren't they? They're doing good things at the moment. And um, it'd be great to see them get into Super League. I know they're, they're doing well in the Championship at the moment. But yeah, I think 
we talk about hookers at Salford, but I think over the last five years he's one of the best. I know we had Joey Lussett there, but I think Chris Bryan was in the same bracket as Joey Lussett. I think he was a, a top top player, and um, yeah, just hampered by injuries. And you know, at the time we had we had some good players in that position. We had Logan Tompkins there as well. That he was working really hard, and it just seems a while ago now that we had we had Chris. He, he left and. Oh, he was he was injured for a while, and I remember kept seeing him outside the change rooms when we were doing the interviews, and we kept asking him, didn't we, when he was going to be coming back, and he wasn't sure, and he had to do this and have a few more tests and bits and bobs, and then in the end, he, he had to move on, didn't he? But it was such a shame because, you know, it, it, it's awful when when players have to retire early when they've got so much potential and they never quite get to fulfil it, do they? But as I said before, your health is is the most important thing. Yeah. So so good luck, Chris, in the future, and. Uh... If you fancy coming on and have a chat, you know where we are. So that's all the all the news um, this week. And now we'll look at what's going on in the world of rugby league with Paul Whiteside. Here is this week's Devil in Detail amateur report and life outside uh, the Super League as well. And we also have a look around the world of rugby league. I'm going to have to change the title of this. I think Rob calls it Paul's look at... The world of rugby league, we might have to get something like that, but uh, here we go. We'll start off with the National Conference Leagues. Rochdale Mayfield in the Premier Division had another good win. They beat Thornhill Trojans by 44 points to 6. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers were beaten at West Bowling 28 points to 16. There was two fixtures in Division 3 as well. Drillington Neil Waterhead Warriors 34 and Eastmore Dragons 6, Oldham St. Anne's 42. So two good wins there in Division 3. Oldham St. Anne's are up to second top in the table. Waterhead Warriors are currently fourth. In the fixtures for this week, Saturday the 30th of April in the Premier Division, Lee Minor Rangers play Rochdale Mayfield. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Hull Dockers. And in Division 3, Drillingham plays face Oldham St. Anne's and Seaton Rangers face Waterhead Warriors. Moving on to the Northwest Men's League on Saturday the 23rd of April, Division 1, Berry Broncos 30, Askham 24, Wigan St. Cuthbert's 6, Folly Lane 4. In Division 2, Caddy's Head Rhinos 10, West Bank Bears 6. Walney, sorry, Roost Pioneers 12, Walney Central 40, that's not a local size. Salford City Roosters 26, West Orton Lions 16. In Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield A34, Crossfields A22. In Division 4, South and East, Clockface Miners A42, Langworthy Reds 24, Higginshaw 32, Oldham St. Anne's A6. The fixtures for this week, it's cup action this week on Saturday the 30th. It's in the trophy, it's West Orton Lions against Crossfield A. Caddy's Head Rhinos are at home to Rochdale Mayfield A. In the Shield, it's Wigan Springview A versus Langworthy Reds. Goldborn Parkside face Tameside Knights. Oldham St. Anne's A at home to Newton Storm. And Wigan St. Jude's A face Higginshaw and Shooter Rugby League. The uh, well, College Rugby League it is uh, on Wednesday the 27th of April in the Premier Division. Huddersfield Giants face Salford Red Devils. And in the North West 1 last week, last Wednesday, Cowley 6th form beat Salford Red Devils A by 28 points to 18. Turn our attention to Youth Rugby League now in the North West Youth Premier, sorry, Division 1 of the under-18s. I need to get some glasses. Division 1 of the under-18s, it was West Bank Bears 14, Salford City Roosters 22. In the under-16s, Division 1, sorry, Division 2, Division 2, Salford City Roosters 14, Shevington Sharks 34. The fixtures for this week, under-18s, Premier Division, Ince Rosebridge are playing Saddleworth Rangers, Thatchell Heath Crusaders are at home to Waterhead Warriors. Division 1 of the under-18s, Salford City Roosters face Askham. In the under-16s, Division 1, Crossfields are at home to Folly Lane, Lee East face West Horton Lions, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Hindley, South Trafford Raiders face 
Stato Heath Crusaders in Division 2. Colchester Eagles are at home to Salford City Roosters. Shevington Sharks are at home to Saddleworth Rangers. And Waterhead Warriors will face the Halton Farmworth Hornets. Well, we'll take a long move now across to uh, to Australia and have a look at the NRL. It was round seven. The West Tigers, who couldn't buy a win a few weeks ago, they were bottom of the table. They've lost, um, I think, lost five from five, but they've now gone two wins on the spin. Another ex, ex, excellent win. Tigers winning with a one-point thriller yet again. Twenty-three points to twenty-two, they beat South Sydney Rabbit Rabbitohs this week. They had a massive start on the coupon as well again, but Jackson Hastings seems to have made uh, a real uh, a real difference coming back into that team. But um, the, you know, the field goal this week came from Luke Brooks in the 80th minute. Hastings did kick three goals from four attempts and a great win for West Tigers, 23 points to 22. The rest of the scores, North Queensland Cowboys 30, Gold Coast Titans 4, the Newcastle Knights 2, Parramatta Eels 39, Penrith Panthers, they keep going. They beat Canberra Rays by 36 points to 6. Last Monday, Parramatta were beaten at home, as we said uh, last week, to Parramatta Eels 21-20. Uh, the other results from this weekend just gone. Cronulla, 34. Manly Seagulls, 22. Brisbane Broncos, 34. Canterbury Bulldogs, 14. The fixtures for this week. There were a couple of games played on Monday, but I am recording this on Monday. So it was South. St. George, Illawarra Dragons against Sydney Roosters Monday. You'll probably know these results by now. Melbourne face New Zealand Warriors. The fixtures for the rest of the week. Thursday, it's Brisbane Broncos against Cronulla Sharks. Friday, Gold Coast Titans face Penrith Panthers. South Sydney Rabbitohs are at home to Manly Seagulls. On Saturday, three fixtures. New Zealand Warriors against Canberra Raiders, Canterbury Bulldogs against Sydney Roosters and Parramatta Eels at home to North Queensland Cowboys and there's three fixtures on Sunday the 1st of May Newcastle Knights are at home to Melbourne Storm, St George Illawarra Dragons are at home to West Tigers and Melbourne Storm face New Zealand Warriors, that's they're playing them twice, so there's something wrong there with the with the fixtures, I've got Newcastle Knights against Melbourne Storm twice there, both the other way around, so I'll have to check that out and uh, clarify that for you, but Newcastle do play Melbourne but I'm not quite sure where it is, the table at the moment, Penrith Panthers at the top, they played 7-1-7, Parramatta Reels are in second place with five wins from seven matches and Melbourne Storm have got five wins from six matches well, finally this week, we'll head back over to the UK and have a look at what was going on in the Championship. It was round nine of the Championship of the weekend just gone. Jewsbury Rams, 19. Workington Town, 18. Halifax Panthers, 40. Barrow Raiders, 18. Lee Centurions beat London Broncos by 64 points to nil. Christian Inu scored a hat-trick there and he kicked nine goals from ten attempts. Ed Chamberlain scored the uh, the other goal for uh, Lee Centurions. So some ex-Solver players there coming up with the points. Sheffield Eagles, 34. Newcastle Thunder, 20. Another good win for the Eagles. Witness Vikings were beaten at home to Batley Bulldogs in a surprise result. They were beaten 38 points to 10 at home there. So a big win for Batley. York City Knights, 30. Whitehaven, 12. And there was one game played uh, I think it was last Sunday Whitehaven beat Workington in uh, Cumbria Derby by 22 points to, to 14 in uh, Betfred League 1 round 5 Keith Cougars beat Swinton Lions by 30 points to nil that's two defeats on the spin for Swinton London Scholars 22 Rochdale Lawrence 56 North Wales Crusaders continue their good run they beat Midlands Hurricanes by 22 points to 18 and Oldham beat Cornwall 48-22 the West Wales and Doncaster match was cancelled West Wales unable to provide medical cover so a 48-0 win was awarded to uh, to Doncaster so the fixtures for this week 
On Monday night, you probably know this already, as I say, I'm recording this on Monday, Bradford Bulls were in action against Featherstone Rovers. On Friday night, Lee Centurions faced Sheffield in the Championship, that's 8 o'clock kickoff. On Saturday, Newcastle Thunder at home to Halifax Panthers at 3 o'clock. On Sunday, the 1st of May in the Championship, Featherstone Rovers at home to Widnes. London Broncos, Dewsbury, Whitehaven, Bradford, Workington Town against Batley Bulldogs. And in Betfred League 1 on Sunday, it's Cornwall against Rochdale Hornets, Doncaster against Oldham, Keithley against London Scholars, North Wales Crusaders at home to West Wales Raiders and Midlands Hurricanes face Hunslet. There's one fixture on Monday the 2nd of May and it's Barrow Raiders against York City Knights. That's a Premier Sports television game at quarter to eight. That's all I've got for you this week. It's been a marathon that uh, that report this week. Take care, have a good week and I'll see you at St. Helens on uh, Friday night. So that was Whiteside's World of Rugby League and now we'll look forward to the uh, Saints game on Friday. It's time for the Devil of the so, Salford travelled to St. Helens on Friday, Paul. Fourth game in a tough run of games. Bodies running low, but confident. Confidence will be high after that Wigan performance. I think, yeah, I think they'll be buoyed by that performance at Wigan. As I said before, it was the performance that, that made everybody stand up and take note. I mean, the, when you think about the, the the sort of run that we've had now over Easter with the, the Catalans and, and Warrington game and and that game against Wigan, it's been it's been a tough run, you know, a tough few weeks against big sides, big sides with big squads, uh, and you know, quite a bit of money behind them as well. So you know, for us to to go toe to toe in these games, we've not been a million miles off, have we? So uh, so yes, yeah, Saint Helens is going to be difficult. I mean, I watched their game against Castleford last Friday. They rested an awful lot of players and. You know their youngsters did pretty well. They were they were soundly beaten really, and I thought thought to myself, I'm pretty sure they won't play those kids again this week. They'll they'll bring the players back for us, which which they're gonna do. I don't think they was ever gonna rest them again because they want to be battle hard and ready for that semi final the week after. So it's gonna be tough for us. It's a ground we've not never won at. We haven't won this fixture for 42 years, 38 consecutive away defeats at St Helens. It's an absolute lifetime ago since we won this game. So. We've come so close though last few years, you know, in 2017, beating my drop goal Matty Smith, the 2019 game, I think it was 32-30, controversial trial let on. So we've had some epic matches against St. Helens and, you know, it's going to be tough this week with, with the squad that we've got out. But, you know, I'm confident that the lads that are in the squad, you know, there's some new faces in there, as we've mentioned before. And if they do get a chance that, you know, just we just want them to go out there and do the best. Remember that Matty Smith one? Uh, was it drop goal from like the halfway line? That broke me out, that did. I was just like, couldn't believe it. Couldn't I remember believe. going into the press conference at the end of the game with you and we were just like shell shot really, weren't we? Like <laughs> someone just slapped me across the face with a big fish. <laughs> and the same that the year, a couple of years after when we lost 32-30. I think we was winning that game as well. Yeah. We, we I think we were 18-0 down and we stormed back and we were leading 30-18. Mm-hmm. And both those games, we... We had big leads and played really, really well. And, and you just felt so sorry for the players because they put so much in and got nothing out of it. And I said to Parky before, rugby league can be such a cruel game at times. You can put everything, you know, run your blood to water and, and not come away with it. And I suppose when you look at football, you can play football and you can get a stuffy goal and the other team can be miles better than you. And yet you can go on and win the game. But rugby league, you don't really get that, do you? You can put everything in and... You know, uh, you, you sometimes get found out, don't you? So it's, it's a cruel game, rugby league, and it's been cruel at St. Helens over the years. We've had we've got farm in scoring loads of points and running and close. Mm. Saints this week, 
we're looking at the Challenge Cup the week after. May play a week inside. We're confident after going against uh, against Wigan Gimmin a run. I know we're short of bodies, but funny old uh, funny old sport rugby. Yeah, it never seems to be there, but, but no, <laughs> I, I get I get what you mean. I mean, I say Ellen's gonna perhaps have a, have one eye on the cut. I, I I wouldn't think they would. They too they seem too professional as a club to me for that. And I tell you, he's professional the coach. I really admire Christian Wolf as a coach. I think uh, he's gone into St. Helens and it's a difficult thing to do, go somewhere after after Justin Albrook was there. But he's um, he's, he's sorted their defence out. They're, they're a fantastic defensive side, aren't they? And um, you'll look at how many points they've let in this season. I think they're averaging about less than 10 points a game conceding. So it's going to be difficult. It really is. But, you know, like you said, it's a different week. We start at 0-0 and we've just got to do our best. That's all you can do. Yep. Score prediction for the game. Oh. Oof, no, you're asking me. Um, <laughs> I, with the best will of the world, I, I can't see us winning this one. But I'm going to back us because I always back us uh, when you have to do. So I'm going to say St. Helens 18, Salford 19. 18-19. There's a story behind that. Brody Croft drops a goal. Oh. After last week's uh, partial success, as Ken Seals ran 80 yards, but unfortunately we, we did lose rather than win. I think I'm in. I'm in good form, so I'm going to go Salford to win. Set Ellen's ten, Salford twenty-eight, and uh, Miles Dalton Harrop to score the winner in the corner in the last five minutes. That would be special. That would be special. Something to remember. Mm. Fairy tale that would end for that would end forty-two years of hurt. I think that <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I'll take that one, mate. I'll take that one all day long. So that's the end of this uh, podcast. Paul, been a bit different this time because I missed the first 25 minutes. Well, he was holding the baby there, so me and Parky kept uh, kept things going. I think, I think between the three of us, we've done all right. Yeah, good show. Big thanks for tuning in to this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. See you soon. Devil in the Dean set.